Howdy folks and welcome back to another episode of the Euphoria Health Podcast. For anyone that is new to the show, firstly welcome on board. I hope that you're uplifted by the content that I have previously shared and will continue to share on the show. And secondly, my name is Matt Sapala. I am your host. This podcast platform is a passion project of mine aiming to educate and inspire people to better their life. The show is heavily centered around movement, plant predominant nutrition, meditation, mindset, male and female reproductive health, gut health and many more topics under the health and wellness umbrella. By my way of background, I'm a qualified personal trainer and currently studying a Bachelor of Health Science majoring in nutrition. My whole coaching philosophy and the reason behind the podcast is to not be your quick fix or your quick weight loss channel. I want this resource to be your only fix, encouraging you to promote sustainability and longevity in everything that you do. I have to apologize for my lack of content from the podcast front over the past month or so, friends. I have just moved up to Darwin in Australia to play cricket for the dry season up here during the Melbourne winter. It's taken a little bit of time to get used to life up top, including the climatisation to the heat. We're so lucky here in Australia to have such a big playground to go and explore, and there's so many hidden gems in this wonderful place that sometimes we take for granted, and I'm absolutely guilty of this. I must say, I'm absolutely loving it. The weather is magic, the sunsets are long, and the community have been so welcoming. This week's special guest is one of the most inspiring and positive men I have ever come across in my life. Ben Hansaker, or more commonly known as the Abstacker, has built a life of resilience, determination, and pure hard work. He moves forward with positivity and kindness, elevating the consciousness of humanity. Ben is a WBFF pro, fitness model, personal trainer, and his reach extends far greater than his formal qualifications or job title. With every interaction, Ben aims to positively impact someone else's day. From as little as saying happy Monday to as great as a grand gesture, this guy is something else. During the chat today, we unpack Ben's epic journey from being overweight, unhealthy and unhappy to where he is today, as well as tips on how to create a bulletproof mindset and how to seek out comfort in uncomfortable situations in order to grow. This one is an absolute goodie, friends, so I can't wait to hear your feedback from him. If you're sitting there wondering how you can support the show, the single best thing that you can do is to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. It only takes a few seconds and it is greatly appreciated by me. Guys, apologies for the slightly longer intro today. I hope that you enjoy the show and I will see you on the other side. Benny Handsaker, or better known as Abstucker, welcome to the Euphoria Health Podcast, man. Thank you very much for having me. Happy Friday. Hope everyone had a very strong, positive and productive week. Mate, I'm really looking forward to this chat. Big fan of your work. Uh, and I can't wait to deep dive into some questions. Yeah, Ben, I'm so pumped for this chat as well, man. It's been in the pipeline for quite some time now. Without a doubt, if you guys haven't 
judged by the introduction from Ben already, he's one of the most positive men I've ever come across in my life. And just his demeanor, his communication, and just the words he used to lift up others is so, so inspiring. And I've no doubt that you've uh, done that for many. So I'm pumped to get into the chat, dude. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, the, the ultimate goal for me in life is to positively impact a million people. So hopefully we can uh, impact one or two listeners and then you know, my legacy continues and so does yours. Without a doubt, my friend. And I was chatting to you off air before. I've been following your journey for quite some time now. About two years ago, I listened to a podcast between you and Simon. And um, I never heard of you before. And I just chucked it on listening to Simon's podcast. And I'm like, wow, your positivity, your mental toughness and your story blew me away. And that inspiration, if, you know, anyone that is listening at the moment can take even a smidge of your positivity and your mental toughness and resilience, there's no doubt the world will be a greater place. So I can't wait to deep dive into that, dude. But before we get into it, I'd love to know what was life like for Ben growing up? Yeah, I'm originally, uh, I grew up in country New South Wales in a small town called Narromine, which is um, about five hours west of Sydney. Got a population of 3,500. Out there, I wanted to be the next Steve Irwin. Was rough and tough. I grew up catching snakes, lizards, um, wrestling pigs, going pig hunting, uh, lots of motorbikes, uh, sports, hunting, fishing, all the good things that a country boy would get up to, uh, and a lot of mischief. Um, in that mischief, I suppose my parents identified that, you know, I was uh, getting myself into a bit too much trouble for their liking uh, and sent me away to a private school in Sydney to pursue my studies at 16. Um, so I was very, very uh, grateful for that opportunity. At school, um, was nowhere near an athlete or anything like that. I went into a big rough and tough boarding school called St. Joseph's, um, basically a breeding ground for the Wallabies. And I was an easy picking for the, the bullies. You know, I was uh, a, a guy that hit his puberty very late. I was uh, small in stature. Um, my puberty gland was four years behind my mental age. So I'm basically like the Benjamin Button saga, which is amazing now, but right back then when you're 16 uh, and you're built like you're 12 is not really a good thing. Um, so I had to, to, to really handle a lot of uh, bullying and harassment and stand my ground in that way. But, the positive side of that is uh, it allowed me to focus on my studies uh, and get get really good grades um, and come out a better man and a stronger man. Yeah, wicked, Ben. I'm intrigued to find out, you know, this fearless mentality that you had growing up as a country boy chasing chasing pigs and catching snakes. Was that sort of evident through your high school life when you were getting bullied? And did that fearless mentality, quote unquote, help you get through those difficult times? It did. So I was kind of like um, the Bart Simpson of, of my year. Um, however, I had a little bit of like uh, academic uh, wit about me. So I was always a bit of the class clown and trying to, trying to be a joke to alleviate pressure from the bullies or trying to win them over with my uh, fearless traits and doing some crazy things at school to make people laugh, but that'd get me into trouble. Um, but it wasn't until... I found the actual uh, bill 
for how much my parents were paying to send me to private school, I was like, holy fucking shit. I cannot believe I'm going to waste this opportunity by being a fearless uh, class clown. So I decided to be, you know, the hardest worker in the room at school uh, while everyone was out, you know, at the beach on Sundays or having fun or going to parties. You know, I'd be locked away in a classroom studying. I just wanted to, you know, get a really good UAI and make my parents proud. So I stuck my head down uh, and applied that fearless um, attitude to my studies. So channeled in the right direction uh, definitely did help me. Ben, I'm interested having that realization at such a young age, and it's not really common that we, especially as teenagers growing up, we never really think about what our actions are doing and and what are the byproduct of those and how they're impacting others. I, I really love that realization for you at such a young age that, you know, you're wasting for quote unquote, wasting your parents' money, like being a class now and being an idiot at school. And that sort of kicked you into gear. And it's really, really an important life lesson to learn at such a young age. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I still carried on a bit when I got to university, I'm not perfect. Um, and, and, you know, that the sack dog nickname that I had in university carried on. So um, I, I, I still had a little bit of the class clown mentality, but when I was applied um, in the right direction with the self-awareness and the emotional intelligence. Um, so my, essentially what I'm saying is my biggest strength was my biggest weakness and my biggest strength was my biggest weakness. So what I mean by that is I have an all or nothing mentality Um I'm pretty fearless. I'll, I'll do whatever I want uh, as hard as I want. I usually go to the extreme of everything I do. But if you apply that in the wrong areas, um, it can be a weakness, such as like drinking or partying or being silly. Yeah, definitely. And I remember listening to the podcast you did with Simon and you really highlighted that. I think someone was telling you about that you've got this fearless sort of tunnel vision mentality that anything you put your mind to, you're going to give it all or nothing. And when channeled in the right direction, you know, that's either the recipe for success or the recipe for failure. I'd love to dive into that a little bit later on in the podcast, Ben, but I want to take sort of a, a 180 turn here and, and get your perspective or recollection of what health looked like to you at those days when you were, you know, growing up in high school, heading into university. What, what did that mean to you? The word health? Um, health probably wasn't something that, uh, you know, I didn't like place it a lot of importance on because I, I sort of, if I look back at it now in hindsight, I think I would have slipped into what you call like almost emotional eating. Um, you know, when you're dealing with your emotions by using food because I'd see these other guys um, that would hit puberty, they're big, they're jacked, they're in the gym, they're strong, they're fit. Don't get me wrong, I, I was fit back in the day, but um, I sort of let that fall by the wayside um, whilst fo focusing on my studies. And health to me wasn't like a, a pivotal, um, it wasn't even a, a basic priority. It wasn't until something forced me to place health as a priority. So in life, what's going to happen is we won't put health as a priority, but an illness or an incident or an accident or something in life is eventually going to uppercut you in the face 
and you'll realize that health is wealth. For me, it was a girl calling me a useless fat shit and being bullied. For others, it might be getting injured or it might be going to hospital or it might be having their life fall apart and realize that, you know, the health or your health is actually, is, is everything. It's, 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 the, it's the foundation of your own house and your own being and your own integrity. Yeah, I, I totally agree wholeheartedly, Ben. Like, it's not until it directly impacts you that you start to place an importance of it. And, you know, clean eating in regards to nutrition and eating whole foods and exercising, it doesn't affect you at that point in time, or it doesn't really impact your life 110, 100% at that point in time. It's not until later on down the track when it is almost too late that we start to realize. And exactly like you said, that your health is your wealth. So if we can start placing an importance on, you know, longevity and taking the approach of, um, prevention rather than treating the cause of, of whatever happened with the incident or, or with the illness, then I think, you know, the world will be a much healthier environment for everyone to thrive in. I couldn't agree more with you. And it's that whole, um, we live in a society of instant gratification. You know, you do, you post a photo, you get a like, you get instant feedback, you get a comp, you know, you get a comment, you get someone saying something nice, you get that hit of dopamine. Um, for dating, we don't even need to go outside the house. We just swipe right. For drinks, we don't even need to order them anymore at a bar. We can just order off our phone. So we live in this world where everything's instant, instant, instant. And with health, what you said rightly is this delayed gratification. You don't actually see the results, whether it's negative or positive, immediately. Um, it, it won't show up till later. So that's, that's got to get that mindset shift to delayed gratification. Definitely. I think that's why sticking to a quote unquote routine or, or a lifestyle within the health realm is so hard for people to grasp exactly that then. And I know we're going to dive deep into the mindset and how we can, you know, make our, our mind bulletproof to be able to think about these things and deal with those hardships a bit later on in the podcast, Ben, but I'd love to unpack your catalyst for getting into the fitness industry a little bit further you mentioned that it was a incident with you and a female i'd love for you to explain that a little bit more for the listeners if you don't mind yeah so uh, as i suggested at school health wasn't our main priority uh, academics was then i left school because we'd be, i'd been so fixated and locked in on studying all the time i didn't go to many of the parties and when i did get the opportunity, which was at college or a university, um, I just let loose. We're living in like a frat house. Um, so it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're out drinking hard, smashing the beers, uh, lots of wild parties. Didn't, didn't know anything about nutrition. You know, my stable diet would have been rum and Coke and kebabs, um, washed down with some Maccas and then some beer. And as you can see, you know, you compound that, um, it's going to affect not only your health, so how you look, but also your, your, your mental sides. Cause if you put shit in, you'll get shit out. So you'll start feeling rubbish. Um, and that in, I did, but you know, I was having a good time doing it. Don't get me wrong. It's hell. It was hell fun. And I wouldn't change anything for the world for, cause it shaped me who I am. But back then the, the nickname was the sack dog. I actually won the piss cutting award. Um, for those that don't know at home, piss cutting is like an Aussie reference to, you know, the hardest drinker or the silliest person on the drink. And I won that uh, a couple of years in a row. Not really an award. 
um, I have hanging up at home. We'll talk about too much, but I'm talking about it now. Um, so you can imagine this, uh, look, chubbier, overweight, uh, Aussie larrikin guy with a carefree attitude. I had my eye on what would be an equivalent of one of the hottest girls at university or she was very attractive, you know, a solid nine out of 10 in looks. Um, everyone had sort of maybe asked her out or had a crack. Me being me, I thought she might have liked me for my personality. So uh, one night at the local university bar after a few too many drinks, a couple of tequila shots and a rum and Coke, I walked over and I, and I'm like, and I don't even stutter. And I started like, would you like to go out with me? And, you know, she, as I'm, as I've said this, the whole room's looking in anticipation. One of my buddies actually worked at the bar, turned down the music so everyone can hear it. She stands up and she goes, I would never date a fat, useless shit like you. And then just pow, you know, the the heart was stomped on. I, I felt about one inch tall. Uh, I was completely embarrassed. I sort of almost had, I think, it, I'm pretty sure I did have tears in my eyes as I, I walked out of the bar. I was fucking so ashamed and and, and so dismantled as, as a man and a human. Um, but... On that, I, I, I had to walk home and I, on the walk home, I'm walking past the news agency. On that news agency stand in the, in the window was a men's magazine health cover. And I just looked at that cover and I said, I bet you that motherfucker never has that happen to him. Now he's sitting on the cover, standing there on the beach, smiling, happy. Uh, looked like, you know, he could date that girl. So that got me to the gym the next day. That moment in time told me to place health as a priority now it started off purely vanity like i need to get abs i need to get in shape da 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 but then i came to quickly realize that the health the looks compartment is you know only a smidget of it you know it's how you feel about yourself it's how uh you impact others it's the discipline the integrity the dedication and the person that you become trying to achieve that goal. And you fast forward four years later, I was no longer called the sack dog. My nickname was actually the ab stacker. And I actually landed that exact same magazine cover. Um, so in that journey, it wasn't so much the goal of getting on the magazine cover. Yeah, that's fucking unreal. I've still got the cover at home, but that man that I became well, that person I became in that four-year journey was just, you know, something else. It completely transformed my life, both mentally and physically. It's apples and oranges, a complete 180 switch of your life. And I find that so inspiring, Ben, because in that point in time, you're really feeling humiliated. It's such a horrible thing to experience, but to turn that into motivation or to make that a catalyst for you to go reap rewards in that realm is just so so inspiring and you could either go one or two ways you can curl up into a ball and keep doing the things that got you to that place in the first in the first position or you could say nah enough's enough I'm going to take control of my own health and that's clearly what you did there exactly and I, I just used that you, you could imagine like a um 
a locomotive with, um, you know, you're putting the, the fuel on the fire to, to power that engine or, or fuel on the fire to, to, to really get yourself out of bed, bed and get yourself into the gym. Um, every time, you know, I'd be struggling, I wouldn't want to train or didn't want to eat that healthy meal. I just think I'd think back to that exact same night. I'd put my hand in my heart and I'd relive that moment. I relived the bad, it was a bad time, right? Like relived all that. And then I was like, this is, remember where you came from. Remember where you're going. Remember why it's, why you started. Now I don't even hate, dislike that girl whatsoever. I actually fucking love her. That was the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm super forever grateful for her and, and what she did. Just goes to show the the mindset and the positivity coming from you, mate. I, I'd love to to unpack that a bit further later on in the podcast. But let's take it back to the next day after that humiliating moment. What happened to you? You just walked into the gym. Did you have any prior knowledge or did you go in with a mate? How did you begin? I think this is a really crucial point for a lot of the listeners at home that may have had a catalyst for whatever it is in their life and they don't know where to begin. So where did you start? First thing I did was walk into the gym. I had no idea what I was doing. I signed up. I then uh, went over to the bench. I, I couldn't even bench press the bar. So even that in itself was like character building. I then looked around the room. I looked at uh, the guys and the physiques that I admired. So I sort of knew them. And then I just began this thirst or uh, absolutely crusade for knowledge um, to learn more about the process. And it was all self-taught. I'd just ask anyone a question. I'd watch, I'd learn, uh, and then I'd jump on the internet. You know, I'd Google up. Uh, you know, shredding diets, how to get ripped. You know, we've got that that search engine. Like, if you if you're struggling and you're like, how to get healthy or how to get shredded or how to get big, you punch in at Google how to do those same things. There's millions of people out there that have done it before. And all I did was just start. And in doing so, I just took the mindset of just be better than you were yesterday. Just make progress. You bench the bar this time. It only weighs 20 kilos. Let's try and add 2.5 next week. Um, I was very patient with myself. Uh, and I just had a fun time doing it. You know, I tried to get in uh, training partners. And then I just noticed, you know, the euphoria of how it made me feel. And, you know, the, the way it changed my mood and changed the way I felt about myself and the confidence that I applied through all areas of life. And then I just kept up the... The momentum and then it became an obsession Ben, i think this is a really pivotal you know point in the conversation for the listeners at home and and i love how you highlighted that element of self-education that you did and i think this is an area in which we lack as human beings these days we often start a new, a new project and not talking for everyone but we start a new project and we want the answers given to us and we want to be at the destination right away whereas you know, you've taken into your own hands, you've you've firstly taken that huge step of walking into the gym, which is a celebration itself. And that's what I like to try and recognize with all my new PT clients. But then you've taken it one step further and you've been vulnerable and you've given yourself that 
ability to go and self-educate, which is so, so crucial. And, you know, I guess not taking away from the power of a, of a PT or, a, or an educator or a fitness professional in this point of view, because this is a crucial time for people to be able to show new members the ropes. But I also think that as human beings, we need to place a higher priority on self-education because there's not a, a one-size-fits-all approach. Like it, it's going to vary. And I think that we, yeah, we really need to start placing a bigger emphasis on educating ourselves and finding what, what fits us. Yeah, 100%. Like everything I ever knew about um, diet, training, mindset, nutrition, uh, programming was all just self-taught. Like I'd at least spend an hour a day reading bodybuilding forums and nutrition websites or men's men's health magazines. And, you know, that just became who I was. And I like you spend an hour every day on whatever topic it is, whether it's health or fitness, or you want to learn a language, or you want to learn how to do computer coding, you spend one hour a day for a year, you'd be a fucking expert uh, by the end of that year. And people just underestimate the power of just doing one hour a day on your passion project or something that you care about, or even health and fitness. And the compound interest over a year, you know, 365 days or 365 hours, is just phenomenal. It put you in a fucking whole different level of life. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I think self-education is key for whatever thing you're trying to to master in your life, whether that's trying to master your finances, the stock market, or, or better your health. I think it, it's crucial for anything that you want to achieve. Yeah, you nailed it. Now, Ben, I everyone would know that you are absolutely shredded, but a lot of people don't know what the journey took to get there. I'd love to know when the fork in the road for you was on that fitness journey to say, I'm going to aspire to go through bodybuilding or, or fitness modeling. Um, so the girl, the situation with the girl would have happened um, 2007 around there. It took me about four years of training Um and that was like four years consistency. And look, I'll, I'll be very upfront, transparent. At the start, I was just training to go to music festivals when they were good to take my shirt off. And I had, you know, six pack abs and I was dancing around having a good time. Um, but, that, you know, that's what we were trained for because there was no, I didn't really know too much about bodybuilding or fitness model shows. Um, and then I got uh, roped into doing some uh, stuff for Aussie bum. And then the guy at Aussie bum said, you're more like a fitness model. And I was like, fitness model. So I Googled the word fitness model or fitness model competition. Um, and up come the 2011 AMB Asia Pacific fitness model competition, which was the first of its kind in Australia. I was on the Gold Coast, didn't have a effing clue or fucking clue what I was doing. Uh, I coached myself. Um, I made probably every mistake you could possibly make uh, at that first show. You know, um, went to the solarium the day before, burnt my face, uh, drank too much red wine because I read that that dehydrates you. Uh, I wore shorts when you should have wore Speedos and come out to Peter Andre and tip water on myself and had glasses on. But I came forth. I came forth so that they seen that I had a, a bit of... A lot of potential there, but just just needed to, to be guided in the right direction. So I asked the judges, you know, give me the, all the criticism. I want it all. And I, I wrote down this long list. They gave me all the criticism. 
I end up like I was fourth out of 60, so it wasn't too bad. Went away again a whole nother year. Got tighter on the diet, tighter on the process, better performance on stage, changed my outfits, executed, executed, come in absolutely shredded. Um, then I came third, but in coming third, I qualified for the Australian team and I went to Las Vegas. And when I went to Las Vegas to compete at the World's Muscle Mania, um, I was picked up by a couple of top photographers over there. And I landed, as a result, three magazine covers of from there. And then that sort of put me on the map um, in the Australian scene, in that Australian fitness model of bodybuilding and even in the American scene. Then coming back a whole year later, coached myself again, trained twice as hard, dieted twice as hard, um, executed so much better on the posing, had the nickname Abstacker by then. And I, I was able to come first um, and, and take that show out after three years of trying. Uh, and then from there, I was able to win another uh, three different shows and become a pro in A and B. Also, Muscle Mania was the first physique pro and WBFF in 2018. Wow. You've had so much incredible success within that realm, Ben. And, you know, it sounds easy to sit here and talk about and reel off those awards but bringing it back to that lifestyle and the mentality that was required during that period of your life like I know being involved in the fitness industry what it takes to you know be mentally strong through through the cutting phase or the dieting phase of this I'd, I'd love to get your insight of what that was like and what sort of practices you put in place to help you get through it I'd love to talk about the mindset so when I was competing for to all the way till 2004, like 14, um, I was still working full-time as a corporate executive doing 60 to 70 hours a week. So I was suited and booted every day. Um, I didn't have the luxury like I do now as a full-time health and fitness professional. So I had to prep all my meals the night before. I, I lugged in um, a big bag, uh, full of meals i used to just eat uh every three hours in a meeting room i never went to any um you know of the the social events any of the outings um i was so i was very rigid and 110 percent disciplined and i'd train uh after work or on my lunch break and then on weekends i do my posing so i was pretty much married to it it was like my second partner to, to, to get and achieve what I did uh, and then all trying to lock it down. Like I was sort of like the, the Superman, you know, I was like suited and booted, corporate executive, straight laced. And then I had this other uh, abstract of personality and, you know, people in the office loved it and some didn't get it, but, uh, you know, they'd know when I was cutting because they could smell the fish and asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It brings you back to the bodybuilding days or the attempted bodybuilding days that I did when I first started my fitness journey. It's, it's crazy. The resilience and, and mental toughness that is required for athletes of that stature, like it's com completely unsustainable to be able to live that lifestyle each and every day for the rest of your life. But the, the resilience that's required is just incredible. 
Yeah, intestinal fortitude. So the courage to persevere. And also the thing of like doing things that you that you don't feel like doing or training when you're tired or gassed and you've had a full day at work. Um, and you know, eating the meals, doing the reps, doing everything extra and all the things that you know, most people would say it's good enough, but it's not good enough. You you know, when you don't stop when you're tired, you stop when you're done. And that was just like a mantra that that I applied um, in that competing space. And the, you work just as hard. I mean, a subjective sport is the other, you know, 30, 40 guys in your lineup. But um, you step on stage with the fact that you it's you versus you. You're better than last time. And if you carry that mantra of you're not against the people on stage, I, I never went to a show to try and beat anyone. I just wanted to beat the ab stack of the year before or the previous show. And that was uh, something that really set me apart um, on my journey and allowed me to, you know, achieve these things. Inspirational, mate. Absolutely loving it. And you've got this bulletproof mindset that, you know, is, is unbreakable. I'd love to know when in your journey did that develop and how in difficult times did you manage to pull through? Because it's easy, you know, we're sitting across from each other and we're having a conversation to talk about a bulletproof mindset or talk about these things, but putting them in place is the hard part, especially when you're gassed, when you, all you want to do is stop in a workout, but you keep going. How did you implement those and what sort of practices did you do each day to sort of top that up and fill your cup? I think the reason I've got that bulletproof mindset is because I've been a walking, talking fuck up. I've been a, you know, a someone who's battled mental health. I've had depression. I've hit rock bottom and I've bounced and hit every fucking branch on the way down. So you've got to be broken down. Like, I mean, like broken. You when once you hit rock bottom, you know, that's your foundation. That's where you build the character. So knowing and understanding that I've been through the shit, uh, mentally and physically, I've, I've made a, a lot of mistakes. Um, I've fucked up a lot, but in doing so, when you rebuild yourself, you come back a stronger human. Um, so I always remember those hard times, those times when I was struggling or those times that I'd, you know, I pray for what I have now. And I enter that, that realm when things suck, then I'm grounding myself in, uh, that's where I come from. I'll never be there again. Look where I, where I am now. Um, and I'm going to be the hardest motherfucking worker in the room. The way that I do the hard things is I actually seek discomfort. I, I enjoy the discomfort. I, I like when it's painful. I like when I'm suffering because I know in the pain and the suffering, that's when the growth takes place. That's when the personal character and the intestinal fortitude is built. So when I feel the burn, I feel the pain, or I know that, you know, I want to stop at that rep, but I know an extra five, that that's that's that personal integrity. When I'm doing stuff like that, I, I tend to smile or joke about it and have a good time because the body doesn't know the difference between fear, excitement. I release the dopamine. Like when I'm running marathons, I, I, I smile a lot and people think I'm crazy. Or when I'm doing a three-hour leg session, I smile a lot have a laugh it's because i know those reps those kilometers are edging me one close step closer to my goals and i'm becoming a better person doing it so it's keeping the the where you've come from in 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 your mind and then understanding that through pain suffering and doing the hard things that you will grow so that why 
Absolutely, man. And the human body is such an incredible thing that you have so much more potential to when it starts to get uncomfortable. Our body is trying to keep us in this state of homeostasis all the time. So when things become challenging, our brain sends us signals to stop, stop. Hey, whoa, you're, you're going to be uncomfortable here. Let's just stay in the comfort zone. But the power beyond that, when you push past is just phenomenal and the human body can achieve some great things. Oh yeah. And now I, 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 try and do something at least one or two things a day that are uncomfortable and then like every like couple of weeks you'll see me doing like a crazy fitness challenge or something that really sucks um to to build up that intestinal fortitude and mental capacity incredible mate I, i'm a huge advocate for seeking comfort in uncomfortable situations because like you touched on before it's where the most growth happens now ben i know you're a huge fan of the saying win the morning win the day and i often flick through instagram of a morning when i'm up early and and see your quotes up an hour and a half before i am at four o'clock on instagram stories and just inspiring others through that and for me seeing that in that moment enables me to get off my phone and just get started with my day. And that's the impact that you have on me. And I'm sure that other people would have different impacts from just reading those quotes, knowing that, you know, you're up early, you're inspiring other people, you're just bleeding positivity. What does your morning routine look like for you to be able to quote unquote, win the day? Oh, I think, yeah. So first of all, uh, I get up um, 4.30 or 4.40 every morning. Um, I never fucking hit the snooze button. I set my phone and alarm uh, 10 meters outside my bed, so I have to get up. I get up. The first thing I do is, as you suggested, I post a quote of something positive or a motivational quote or my favorite saying or something to inspire others in the morning. That is my way of lifting others up to start the day you lift someone else up you lift yourself up so in doing so i'm lifting others up i'm lifting myself up i post that post i then have uh two glasses of water and then make my bed um you know getting a task completed make your bed if you have a shit day you come home to a made bed from there i play my favorite i play either a motivational um clip of you YouTube or a, or a podcast and I play a, a pump up song. I jump up and uh, up and down in front of the mirror. Now, when you're jumping up and down in front of the mirror in the morning, looking at yourself, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel a bit odd, but you're going to smile. And in doing so, you know, release that serotope, serotonin, that dopamine, you get the um, adrenaline going, you know, it releases all the good, juices into the brain from there uh i go over to my shower i line the floor near the shower i do some wim hof breathing so if no one has heard of wim hof basically the ice man and he's got a breathing method so you take 30 um fully breaths in and halfway out oxidizing the brain the body getting it pumped up then jump in a warm shower at the end of that shower I switch it all the way to fucking cold, you know, have a cold shower. The benefits of that is, you know, you're doing something that sucks in the morning. It's very uncomfortable, but it's really good for your cardiovascular system, your face, your hair, um, and it, it will wake you up like anything else. From there, I get out, I meditate. I use the Calm app. It takes 10 minutes. 
Um, I'd highly rate it. It's one of the best apps I've ever used. Then I'll write out my goals. I'll either write out my yearly goals or my monthly or weekly. I'll then write out in my five-minute journal what I'm grateful for, what will make today great, and my daily affirmation. So that process takes around just under 60 minutes. Um, if I, when I do that every morning, like I just hit the gym, the gym floor, and people like, holy fuck, what's this guy on? Like he's just lit. And then I'm saying happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday, happy Thursday, happy Friday, happy Saturday, happy Sunday. And I'm just throwing out that positive energy from the moment I get up to the moment I get out into the Bondi community. Uh, and then I've just become known as the happy guy. Mate, that routine is unbelievable. And for you guys listening at home and thinking, whoa, that's full on. It doesn't have to be as long as that if you're just getting started. Ben's adapted that routine over however many years and he's, you know, bulletproofed his mindset to be able to get through that. For you guys listening at home, let's start off with one thing at home. Let's start off by moving the alarm away from us so we physically have to get out of bed and not hit snooze. That alone is starting your day off on the right foot would you agree would that would be somewhere that you would encourage people to start Ben? 1000 percent like i would just start with and just do the things that work for you too this is what's worked for me and this is what's um what i've adopted i would just start with waking up half an hour more early than you did the day before it's an easy one don't hit the snooze button would be the next one and then I would either start with the meditation or the cold shower would be the next one. So like doing something that sucks with the mindfulness and then trying to get that gratitude in. So what are you grateful for today? Absolutely. And these are easy, easy tasks, guys. They're, they're super simple. All together, if you're doing these in the morning, it's just going to start your day off on the right foot instead of moseying on out of bed after you've hit snooze four times, going into the shower, not being uncomfortable, having your coffee, then driving to a job that you don't necessarily like or even a job that you do like, but you take your time to get into the day. Let's start the day off before we even get out of bed let's bring the positivity and bring the vibrancy and I, I think you're absolutely crushing that ben so good on you bud oh thank you very much big advocate yeah you just you you win the morning it just changes your whole life because you're gonna once you set up the momentum like momentum is a very cruel mistress you know you start if you let's let's look at the the other way that could your morning could start off and typically everyone else starts you know fucking hit the snooze button snooze 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 shit i'm running late 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 that you know you don't even like have a time you've just set all this cortisol off in your body you then the negative self-talk starts like i'm shit i can't even get out of bed at time fuck i hate myself i'm useless just sets off this negative set of dominoes if you look to the opposite like what's the other other side so that that's the way i look at it when i had depression when i battled with mental health um, and I was very dark and I had those demons. It was all because I did hit, I hit the snooze button. I didn't have a morning routine. I was lost in the morning. I never won the morning uh, and I, I barely win a day. So, um, yeah, I, I can speak from someone who's been depressed and someone who's been happy and positive. 
Unbelievable, Ben. I, I'm a big advocate for that. And, you know, taking control of your own health with simple steps like that is going to help you develop a quote unquote bulletproof mindset and help you win more days than you lose. So thank you so much for sharing that, mate. You highlighted before the power of words and you you go around saying happy Monday, happy Tuesday through to Sunday. I'm interested to see why you say that to people and why why happy monday like do people ever look at you like who's this weirdo talking to me saying happy monday and how do you sort of approach that situation um so it all it all started it would have been uh 10 years ago so 10 years ago i was working in corporate um it was a rainy miserable shit day in sydney um you know not very good weather suited and booted I've uh, been rained on, you know, the, the hair's all messed up. Jump onto a, a bus, the energy's flat. Everyone's looking on their phones. Everyone's really hating life and hating it's Monday. I was like, fuck it. I said to the bus driver, happy Monday. And he just smiled. It looked like his whole, you know, his whole persona and demeanor had changed. Then I noticed the facial expressions of like three people around me, four people around me. They sort of smirked and laughed. Then I just went up to the barista for my morning coffee. I said, happy Monday. So happy Monday. I like that. And then it just rolled on through. I started saying it to everyone at work, started saying it to clients at work. And then I stuck to my guns. I was like, okay, well, that's that's making a ripple effect, a positive effect. I'll, I'll say happy Tuesday. And it just bred itself into my demeanor and personality through that. And then I had my why or my goal was to be the happy guy, you know. Everywhere I went, no matter what the situation, who the person, how I was feeling, I would always say happy whatever day it is. And I've never wavered whatsoever from that. I'll be having the worst day in the world to get the worst news. People will know that I'll say that to them. Um, sometimes I get the days wrong. And yes, sometimes I do get, you know, some very weird responses or, you know, it's easy for you to say or anything like that. But say 85% of the time, the response is positive and, you know, if 85% of the time is positive, I'm going to keep doing it until I fucking die because it's making a positive impact. It's a simple thing. If, you, if I go around Bondi right now, I'll have at least 30 or 40 people say happy Friday to me and I'll, I'll be known as that guy. So um, even we've got in the gym a lot of people that are from overseas, foreign countries, Brazilian, they might be Spanish, um, Italian, a lot of Swedes. They don't really know like a lot of the English colloquial like terms and stuff, but they all know how to say happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday, happy Thursday, just because of me. Um, and then they spread that between their community. And then it's just this flow on ripple effect. So I think if you can just do those little small things to make someone else's day better, then yeah, fucking do it. It's, it's, that's, that's what makes the world better. Mate, I, I could not agree more. And the impact that those words can have on someone's day are huge. And it was evident through the the bus driver's smile and other people's, you know, vibrancy, the barista, it just up, it just lifts people up. I, I love it, Ben. And for the listeners at home, I want to read the first message that you sent to me without even knowing who I am before and and even, you know, knowing what I want to message you to come on the podcast and you said happy Wednesday Matt the machine I hope you're crushing 2021 that for me is just incredible and it, and it just show it goes to show me that 
this dude is is a ball of infectious positive energy to go up to someone without even knowing them and, and speaking over Instagram and, and speaking like that is just huge and it speaks wonders about the character of that person. So I really, really love it, guys. If if you're at home and you take nothing out of that podcast, let's start putting happy in front of each day of the week. I love it. Oh boom. Let's go. That's that's that that that'd be awesome. So good, mate. Now what intrigued me about following your journey was noticing how you've built this amazing physique within the bodybuilding realm. And then all of a sudden I followed your journey and you decided to tackle a marathon with no prior training. And I found that so, so intriguing at the time because I was training for a half marathon and I've put in all this, you know, all this time and training and effort to try and um, slowly build up towards the marathon. I'm not saying that either way is, is better than the other, but I find it so incredibly inspiring how you were able to just go out and run a marathon and then the ripple effect that that had on through the the run for Movember, which I'll hand the reins over to you and and let you tell the listeners about what you did during that day ben yeah so the first time i ran a marathon i just agreed to it um would have been the night before actually um Look, I, I knew a marathon was tough. It's 42 clicks. It's, it's not for, you know, the faint-hearted. It requires ample amount of uh, training. But, you know, I was going to do it based off 70% mindset and maybe 30% physical capacity. Um, I rocked up and I was fortunate enough the first marathon that I did was with a guy called Ned Brockman. And if no one knows his story, he ran 50 marathons in 50 days. So that's just showing you that what the human body can do. I was on, I think, day 11 or day 12, Ned. Um, and I was like, if this guy can run 50, you know, I can do one. But <laughs> my preparation wasn't really that good, you know. I trained legs that week. I was squatting heavy. Uh, I showed up. After a full day of PT, I'd done two weight sessions and I just rocked up with, a, I think, a, lit, a 1.5 litre of alkaline water. <laughs> Not necessarily <laughs> the, the requirements of um, nutrition and, 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 and so forth. But in, in that run, I hit the Hurt Locker at about 32 clicks in and... Um, Fuck, I'd felt some pain and some, some the legs go wonky like I never felt before. Um, and then I just broke down the run uh, into small attainable goals. I said, just fucking make it to the that light, that tree, that bus stop, that bus stop again. And it was just this willingness to persevere when my whole body was saying stop. Um, and knowing like, look, Fuck, what's the worst can happen? I'm not going to die. If I take that next step, it's not going to kill me. It's going to make me better. And then just trying to like really make friends with the pain and sort of smile and laugh about it and, you know, realize why you're doing it because it'll inspire others. So ticked off the first one. And then about 10 days later, a guy that I trained who was ex-Special Forces Commando, um, I'd done a 100-day hard challenge with him putting through one of my programming he wanted to celebrate that by running a marathon on bondi beach so we've stepped it up into the sand i was like fuck it why not i'll do it with you so we get on the beach at 3 30 
we start banging out the the laps, you know, the up and downs on the sand. It was a beautiful, like, um, delicious morning in Bondi. The stars, the shooting stars, you know, the moon was coming down. Um, it was really amazing. Like the first 25 kilometers were awesome. Then the sun come up and then, you know, being in the sand, uh, we hit the hurt locker, but the guy's running with Jimmy Milligan. He's an absolute machine. His knees went a bit on him and he really fucking hit the hurt locker. So in that instance, it was my job to get him across the line and finish. So I got out of my own head and I was able to run that for him and to help him and help a client and help a mate and help someone who served this country and give back to them. It like really meant a lot. And we, we got that done in four hours 30, which was pretty impressive given that it was on a beach. Um, and then the next one after that, I ran also with another female client who crushed it. She's just an absolute um, superwoman. Uh, you know, in her early 40s, corporate career, got a kid, had it as a goal, um, and and she hit the hurt locker also and persevered. Then after that, I signed up to one of my mates, uh, Daniel Price, um, had an initiative for Movember or Men's Mental Health. He's a suicide um, survivor. So if you don't know his story, it's, it's very, 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 very inspiring. Um, you can check him out on Insta. It's basically, the goal was to run three back-to-back marathons, um, which was from Bondi Beach to Palm Beach and back. So it's 126.6 kilometres uh, nonstop. Uh, we had support crew and stuff. And given the extremities of it, he had a, another one of his good buddies and an absolute war horse called uh, Lockie Clancy joining. And Lockie also raised a lot of funds. Um, in training for that, I, I, I banged out an ultra, which was 72 kilometers. Um, I did that one by myself and it was pissing down rain in Sydney. Um, and I, I really learned a lot in that run. I was, I was in the rain for 10 hours. Um, I didn't really protect myself with chafing. I got chafing that bad in the inside of my legs. because of my shorts that it, it drew blood and burn marks. Um, my shoes are waterlogged. Phone running out of battery, like you, you name it, sort of everything went wrong. Um, but that was, you know, good, good series of lessons um, to take into this long run. But nothing could prepare us for the heat that day. It was the hottest day in Sydney that year. When we started the run at 4 a.m., it was all smiles and good energy. We had about 50 people start. Time we got to Manly, which is about 28 kilometers in it was 7 30 it was already 30 degrees by the time we then got to narrabeen which is a marathon down it was 36 degrees we're running on the road mind you so it's fucking hot then from narrabeen to palm beach it ticks over it's 43 fucking degrees now people that are uh, talented runners strong athletes they're bonking out, they're spewing on themselves, people are tapping out to heat exhaustion, all sorts of shit. It just like people are getting like dropping like flies. It was seriously one of the probably the hardest conditions I've ever performed physical exercise in. Um, 
during that run, I, I took my shoes off uh, stupidly at the Palm Beach. I've done 65 kilometers. I had no toenails left from the heat. Uh, I had covered in blood blisters. I was, I would say, suffering, you know, the early sets of uh, sunstroke. And, and for me to turn around with five, six others um, was probably one of the most, you know, courageous, fearless, badass things that I've ever been part of. And to run, you know, from Palm Beach to Narrabeen, um, which was, we got it to 88 kilometres or 90 kilometres, uh, and then I had to call it off. It was deemed unsafe. Um, and and when they called it off, I, I'd actually flipped the switch. Uh, I'd gone, um, I, I don't know, I went way back into the reptilian brain. I had fucking... Uh, eyes the size of dinner plates i was yelling out let's go i wanted to keep running and the the event organizers had to to come and pull me off the road and tell me to top run, stop running because my ego had got in the way and i wanted to finish it but um you know that was just just me being silly and it wasn't really uh safe so i'm glad that they called it off then but um yeah that that was my experience with uh ultra runs and then this year i had also a crack at a hundred miler but I, I was a silly boy and ran in the dark without a head torch and tripped uh, 50 clicks in and dislocated my kneecap and then tried to – I put it back in and tried to keep running. But I'll uh, come back to that that 100 miler. Ben, I have no words, mate. Whoa. <laughs> the, I'm, actually, I'm actually stumped. The mental resilience and the ability to push past in – the the hardest situations ever running in 44 degree heat and dislocating your knee and trying to keep keep going that's that's crazy stuff it reminds me of a a bloke called david goggins which i know you're a huge huge fan on and you're a huge advocate and i see on your instagram talking about who's going to carry the boats it's a quote that that david uses all the time but mate i'm like i'm blown away that is incredible that is just amazing so well done Oh, thank you very much. And look, the the all those that that run like that run, long run was not about me. That was about oh, I was going to suffer to save others, and that was the you know the, the wild vision um, that that I took into that. So I was, you know, if I can save someone from like suicide or help them with mental health just by you know putting myself through the ringer for twenty four hours, because you think about what people would suffer that are, that are, that are that are suicidal or they've got fucking anxiety, depression, they have to battle that shit every day. And like, I was just battling heat. So that, that was my mindset. And that's what enabled me to, to push that far is because it's like, it's like, fuck, like just think about what they're going through right now. Think about, cause I, I, I've been a, a first arriver at a suicide of my sister's boy, like my um sister's boyfriend and I've, I've i've been there i've experienced that firsthand and i've i've seen the pain and destruction that it causes and i've i've seen like a beautiful young man take his own life and if if i can just push past something that's uncomfortable for you know 20 hours well fuck it's 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 all worth it to me um and i still haven't got any toenails that's the only thing. how many months on uh we did that in november but 
I keep doing crazy challenges, like, um, and I think that's why they. I never hear. Yeah. Ben, you're you're bleeding inspiration, mate. This is just incredible. Your story, your resilience to come from that person you were in in um, university to the guy you are today is unbelievable. I'd love to know if you were to see that girl that humiliated you at the bar again what would you say to her knowing what you know now i actually did see her and, and that's that's the that's the the very funny part of these stories because i did see her. i was at some um, future music festival and it's like dizzy rascal was playing um back in the day and i had those really big party glasses on um you know i had the abs and i was just having a good time dancing around and the <laughs> She came up to me not knowing it was me. Um, and she's like, you're hot. Can I get a photo? I was like, holy shit. I like, uh, this is surreal. And I, I sort of tipped down the glasses. I looked at her and I said, you remember me? And it was like she's seen a ghost. And in that moment, um, the look on her face was priceless. But I just grabbed her and I, I hugged her and I said, look, I, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for everything that you did to me. And then I took a photo and then she walked away and everyone has sort of clapped um, going, fuck, wow, what just happened then? I've, I've goosebumps. Holy shit. That's incredible. And to even look at that situation in that light and say thank you because this was a catalyst for changing your life and helped you on your way to, you know, accomplish the things that you have today. That's just huge growth and huge, um, what's the word I'm looking for? being the bigger person it's 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 amazing mate oh thank you i really appreciate that and like i think um if you can just turn what was seemingly your worst day into the best day of your life then i think you you, you're able to to overcome anything and i think you'll have a really good life And, and that's what i strive to do you know turn every negative into a positive there's always silver lining yeah, Ben, I, I totally agree. And I think this podcast was what people needed to hear without even knowing it. So thank you so much for being so open, vulnerable and and providing the listeners at home with some Abstacker wisdom. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, some final bit of wisdom from the Abstacker? Um, the final bit of wisdom is it's you versus you. It's your own journey. Don't compare your life to someone else's highlights reel on social media. Um, go out there and, and do good, help others, work hard and stay humble. Absolutely love it, guys. There you have it. Ben Abstacker, thank you so much for your time today, brother. It was, it was an absolute honor to have you on the podcast and share some of your wisdom. Where can people get in touch with you and, and follow your journey? Yeah, I'm at, at Abstacker on Instagram and uh, Abstacker on the Facebook uh, page. Just got a new website coming soon, so it's about six months off. But um, yeah, feel free to DM me if you you know you want got any questions about today, um, you want any guidance or help on anything at all. Um, you know, my goal is to help people on their journeys and impact people. So thank you very much for the opportunity, Matt the Machine. I loved it. I loved your line of questions. You know, I like your attitude, um, and I like the energy, man. The the way that you're attacking it. You, you told me you're up to about eighty something podcasts and. You know, still working as a trainer and a PT, making a positive impact. So, mate, congrats. Well done. I'm very proud of you. It's inspiring. Thank you.
you so much, Webb, and it was an absolute pleasure, guys. I'll have all of Ben's details in the show notes for you all at home. Ben, thanks so much, brother. Thank you. Happy Friday. Let's have a delicious weekend. Well, there you have it, friends. Some famous, inspiring words from the Abstacker himself. Ben, your determination and dedication to promoting positivity in this world is so inspiring and I'm feeling very humbled for the opportunity to have had you on the show this week. Guys, I hope that you got as much out of this podcast that I did and can implement this into your daily lives. Thanks so much for tuning in, friends. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll see you next time on the Euphoria Health Podcast.